So the message that I would like to share is sin of unbelief. Amen. Unbelief in God. Disbelief in His word. Amen. Disbelief in His promises is a sin. Why I call unbelief a sin is because unbelief in God opens the door for the enemy to come and take away the promises and the plans of God in our life. Amen. So disbelief in God and His promises is a sin because it breaks the heart of God. Unbelief is a powerful force that is crippling the faith of many believers around the world. The number one reason many Christians are suffering with anxiety and depression in their lives is caused mostly because of their disbelief and distrust in God and in His Word and in His promises. Many are suffering, many are going through depression, many Christians, unfortunately, not the people outside in the world, but the Christians are going through depression, anxiety, fear, constant fear of unknown is because of the distrust in God. Though they are going to church, though they are reading the word, still they are living in depression. Why? It's because of the distrust and disbelief in God. They are not 100% sure or confident that God will come through in their situation, whatever it might be. Why? Because most of the time we forget all the good things and the miracles that took place in the past. Many miracles have taken place in their lives and we forget. I mean, I have been there. There were times I've gone through the spirit of fear, a spirit of uncertainty, fear of the unknown. I have gone through that. But I knew that God is a promise-keeping God. Amen. And He can be trusted. Amen. And God did come through many times. I thought that it's not going to happen, but God came through. Every time God came through. Because He's a promise-keeping God. Amen. So depression and anxiety cripples us. We have to be careful, church. Depression and anxiety cripples our health, cripples our mind, takes away the joy of the day. Why? Because we are focused on uncertainty. We are focused on fear more than focusing on our faith in God. Amen. Many miracles have taken place in our church. Many, many healings and miracles have taken place in our church. I remember the sister. Uh, she had a situation uh, regarding her finances. And she called. She came to the church and she, and she said, Pastor Jose, I received a mail from IRS to pay them uh, the dues and we have to pay them $3,000 and we don't have any money. The only money that we receive is $3,000 and that is all we got in our account. But here's the tithe money that I'm giving you, Pastor, but I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the money because IRS is going to take away our tax money. And then Pastor... Jose received the money, the tithe money, and he prayed over her and he said this, Sister, you trust God. Because of your trust, you gave your tithe, your 10%. Amen. Now, God will take care of the rest. Because you trusted God, your money will be safe. Because God is going to protect your money. Amen. So she left. And the next week, she came to church. And she testified in front of everyone that God came through. Amen. God protected her money. The IRS, they called her and they canceled and gave her an exemption from paying her taxes. Amen. And that is how God works, church. That is how God works. When you put God first in every area of your life and then secondly, you have to trust God. You do your part and then relax and trust God that he will come through. Amen. In this case, in this sister, she trusted God and God came through. They didn't lose their money. Amen. There's one more sister who had the same situation. She didn't have money to pay for her bills, but she came to church and she gave her tithes. That is the 10 person that belongs to God. So she gave her tithes. That was the only money that she had. 
she left home and we came from the church and God was speaking to my heart to call the sister and to tell her God is going to bless her. And I called her and I said, Sister, God told me to tell you that He is going to bless you. I'm not sure how, but He said He's going to bless you. But then she said, Well, Sister Sheba, I am desperately in need of a blessing, a financial blessing right now. The only money that I have, I have given it for tithes. Now I don't have money to buy grocery for my kids. And I, my husband is without a job. And they haven't called him for work because of the pandemic. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even have food right now to feed my kids. So I said, sister, well, I have some food in my fridge. You can come and take it. And uh, Well, she said, that's fine, sister. I'll just talk to my mom and I'll try to get the food from there. And she hung up the call. And I was very disappointed. I was a little embarrassed to tell her that God is going to bless her. But I knew deep down. That God is a promise-keeping God. Amen. So the next day, she called me and she said, Sister Sheba, thank you so much for that promised word. God came through. Amen. One of the neighbors, their, their fridge uh, had a short circuit. It was not functioning. So they gave the whole food, whatever they had in the fridge to us. Amen. And the second miracle was her husband was called back to work. Amen. So two miracles took place because she trusted God. Amen. If she hadn't trusted God, if she hadn't paid her tithes, I don't know if that miracle would ever take place. Sometimes God tests our trust in Him. Sometimes God tests our faith in Him. Amen. So there's so many miracles that have taken place in our church. So many testimonies. So many miracles. As I just shared, before the service started about the sister who lost her house and how she came to church and the same Sunday she received a house, an apartment to move in right away. Why did this happen? Because she trusted God and she made up her mind to come to church the Sunday to serve God. Amen. So when you trust God, God will come through. Amen. He's looking for our trust, but unbelief and disbelief in God and in His promises will cripple us. It will cripple our faith and it will cripple our health. Unfortunately, the same sisters are struggling with anxiety and depression. Last, this week, I think, uh, yes, this week, they called me, the same sisters, they called me and they said that we are going through depression, Sister Sheba. Sometimes we don't feel like getting up from the bed. Both of them had the same symptoms. Symptoms of depression and anxiety. Fear of unknown. And I reminded them, sisters, remember, God came through in those times. Amen. You trusted God and God came through. So what makes you think that he's not going to come again? Amen. He's going to come again, but he's looking for your trust. He's looking for your faith in him. Amen. So this anxiety and depression had affected their health and their well-being because of their disbelief in God. We forget that God did come through in the past and He will come through again, church. Amen. We have to remember that God has a great plan for our lives. Each and every one of us, has a God has a great plan. Amen. It says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says God is, has great plans, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for for, for Sister Marie's life. God has a plan for Sister uh, Becky's life. And God has great plans for each one of our lives. Amen. The only way that can be fulfilled is when we trust Him. When we trust God with His word. Amen. John chapter 10 verse 10. Jesus said, The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come so that they might have an abundant life. A life filled with joy, a life filled with peace, a life filled with prosperity. But unfortunately, many Christians are not living that abundant life that Christ came to give us. Why? Is because the number one reason is their disbelief in Jesus and in his promises. Amen. We are so distrustful in the promises of God. We need to remember, church, that God is a promise-keeping God. 
It says in Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie or change his mind. Amen. Very clearly, God is clearly saying that he's not a man that he will change. Man makes promises, but the next day he will change his mind. Amen. But not God. He's a promise-keeping God. Amen. Psalms chapter 20, uh, 89 and verse 34, he says, He will not violate his covenant and promises. Amen. God is saying that he is not going to violate his covenant. The covenant promise that he made with the Israelites. And God kept his promise. Then he made, they made it to the promised land. Unfortunately, not many, but still God kept his promise. Amen. So God is a promise-keeping God. And he doesn't break his promises. I remember I was, I was, God promised me when I, when I, back in my country, I was prophesied that I will go to U.S. and I will be used by God to preach, to evangelize. And God came through. He fulfilled the promise. Here I am in U.S. and I'm preaching his word, which was promised when I was 10 years old. And now God has fulfilled that promise. Amen. Because God is a promise-keeping God. Amen. Some of us have not received our promises. Like for me, God had a promise that I'll go to America and I'll preach the gospel and it has been fulfilled right now. But some of us have received certain promises and they have still not been fulfilled it is because of our disbelief in Him. Some of us have not received our promises fulfilled yet it is because sometimes God wants us to get back on the right path. By trusting Him completely. Amen. We have to trust God. When He made a promise, we need to remember, as I said in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, that He is a promise-keeping God. Amen. So we have to trust Him to His word. We have to trust Him to His, His, His promises. Amen. And we have to move forward trusting Him. Amen. So unfortunately, many promises are not fulfilled. I, I know Many of my sisters, God gave a word, a beautiful promise that they're going to have these things, they're going to receive that and this. But those promises still not been fulfilled. And they keep calling me and telling me, Sister Sheba, God promised me this. God showed me in a vision. God spoke to me through a word. And it has not yet been fulfilled. I don't understand why it's taking so long, why God hasn't fulfilled my promises. I'm doing everything right. And, but still God has not fulfilled the promise. The reason why has God not fulfilled the promise, the number one reason is our distrust in God. Amen. And we are not willing to wait on God. Amen. It says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slow in fulfilling His promises. He is slow because He wants us to repent and get back on the right track with Him. Amen. Let's go again to 2 Peter, chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, from New Living Translation, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Amen. So He's waiting for us to turn back from our sins. Sin of disbelief. Amen. Sin of distrust in God. He wants. He's waiting. That's what it says very clearly. He's waiting patiently. That one day my daughter, my son will turn back to me. And walk in the right track. With me. In my will. According to my plans. Amen. Because his word says in Jeremiah 29:11 that God has a plan, plan to prosper you, plan to give you a hope and a future. Why is that not ful being fulfilled in our life? It's because we are still not willing to walk in his will. We're still not trusting God completely. Amen. We're still not willing to repent of our sins. I remember one of the pastors was upset when we preach about repentance. I don't understand what the problem is, but repentance is such an important decision that a person needs to make because that will bring a complete transformation in our lives. Repentance brings a complete turnover 
towards God and His will. We have to repent. And there's a problem with many preachers that we, you know, why, you know, we have to repent. You know, they get upset with the word repentance. We need to remember that the first thing Jesus preached was repentance. The first thing John the Baptist preached was repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. I mean, the first thing Jeremiah preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The first thing Isaiah the prophet preached was repentance. None of the preachers preached prosperity gospel. You'll not find that anywhere in the word of God. The word of God is full of repentance. I don't understand why many preachers have a problem with the word repentance. Amen. Because repentance brings a transformation in our life. There has to be a transformation. That is why Christ died on the cross. The reason is that he wants us to repent and turn back to him. Amen. We have to live a life pleasing to God. And that is possible when we repent. Amen. Isaiah chapter 59 and verses from 1 to 2. It says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Amen. So there's your answer. Why God is not answering my prayers is because of our sin of disbelief, of our sin of distrust in God. Amen. He's saying it's your sin that has cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Amen. The only answer, the only solution to this problem is repent. Amen. Repent and turn back to God and start trusting God. Put your full confidence in God. Put Him first and see that God is going to fight our battles. Amen. But we have to put our trust in Him. Amen. God made promise to the Israelites to take them to the promised land. And He did fulfill the promise He made. But unfortunately, many did not receive the promises being fulfilled in their life. Only two, Joshua and Caleb, out of the 60,000 made it to the promised land because of the disbelief and distrust in God and His promises. Amen. God made a promise to the Israelites that He's going to take them to the promised land. And He fulfilled that promise. But unfortunately, many didn't make it. Many didn't make it because of the distrust and disbelief. It was only Joshua and Caleb. They were willing to walk the walk. They were willing to trust God wholeheartedly. And because of that, they made it to the promised land. Amen. God has a promised land for each one of us. For each one of us, God has a promised land. God has a promised land for me. Amen. God has a promised land for you, Sister Gita. God has a promised land for each and every one of us. And we are still on the way to that promised land. We have not reached the promised land yet. Amen. We are still on the way. Many people think that we have made it to the promised land. But it's not true. Because there's no joy. There's no joy of the Lord. People are living in depression. People are still living in anxiety. Why? Because we have not reached our promised land. Amen. So God has a promised land for each one of us. Once you have accepted Christ as your Savior and the Lord of your life, you are sealed by the blood of God and your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You have a plan and a destiny in God assigned by God that needs to be fulfilled. Amen. So once you accept Christ, you are sealed by the blood of Jesus and immediately you have been assigned a destiny by God. Amen. It's not the same for the people out there in the world. It's not for the unbelievers, but it's only for those who believe in Christ, who are baptized in Christ, whose names are written in the book of life. They have a destiny in God and it's a beautiful destiny, a beautiful promised land that needs to be fulfilled. But sometimes it takes time. 
for those plans to be fulfilled is because of our disbelief and distrust in God. Amen. We don't trust God completely. That's the reason many people don't read the word completely. And because they don't read the word, the Bible, there is no transformation in their life. Amen. They're still living in sin. They're one foot in the church and they're one foot in the world. They come to church, they have the Holy Communion and they go back to home and they start drinking alcohol and beer. Amen. Why? Because they're not trusting God. They're not trusting His word. And that word has the power to transform our life. But if you're not reading the word completely, you are not allowing God to transform your life. That's the reason we are still living in depression. That is the reason why we are still living in anxiety. That is the reason why we are still living with ill health. And no salvation in our family is because we are not completely transformed. It's because of our disbelief. Amen. It says about the Israelites how they suffered and still were unwilling to trust God completely. Okay, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verses 29 to 32. It says, <clears throat> But I say to you, don't be shocked or afraid of them. The Lord your God is going ahead of you. He will fight for you just as you saw him do in Egypt. And you saw how the Lord your God cared for you all along the way as you traveled through the wilderness just as a father cares for his child, now he has brought you to this place. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God. Amen. So God was taking care of them. God helped them, uh, you know, by providing them food from heaven, by, you know, giving them water from rock. He was a shared uh, uh, um, he was a shade for them through a pillar of cloud. Amen. So he was taking care of them. And it says in verse 34 and it uh, 32, it says, but after even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God. After all the miracles that they saw, the dividing of the Red Sea, the coming of food from heaven, the, the drinking of water from the rock, so many powerful miracles they saw and still God is telling in verse 32 that you refused to trust the Lord your God. Amen. Because of their distrust in God, they were not willing to humble themselves before God. Amen. They were not willing to submit to God completely. And that is the problem. Many Christians, they have seen the miracle of God in their past. Amen. And they're still unwilling to completely trust God. They're unwilling to humble themselves before God. Amen. It says in 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Humble yourselves before God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Amen. If you want God to lift you up in honor, you have to humble yourself before God. How do you humble yourself? By trusting God completely, wholeheartedly, 100%. Trust and faith in God. Amen. And in His Word. Because God is a promise keeping God. Amen. So they did, they did not make it to the promised land. Because they just distrusted God. Amen. And it says in verse 33. Who goes before you looking for the best places to camp. Guiding you with a pillar of fire by night. And a pillar of cloud by day. Amen. So he went ahead of them to find the best places for them to camp. A place close to the river, a place close to the trees, a good place. And God went ahead of them to find the best places for them. And that is what God does in our life. He goes ahead of us to find the best places for our businesses, the best place uh, for our church, the best place. For our life partner. Amen. He will go ahead of us. To find the best things for our life. So we have to trust God. Because he goes ahead of us. Amen. Ahead of us to find the life. The right life partner. For us. But sometimes we don't trust God. And we try to take decisions on our own. 
I remember the sister has been coming to our church for quite a while and she has asked us to pray for a good husband, for a good life partner and we have been praying for her. And she found a man and she told me this is the guy I found but I, I we prayed and God showed me that this guy is not the right man for her. He's cheating on her. And I told her, sister, you have to be careful with this guy. This is what the Lord showed me. And the sister got upset at me and she has stopped coming to our church. She's not coming on the conference. She's not coming to pray. So, you know, we try to do things on our own and we don't trust God because God is clearly saying that he goes ahead of us. He shows the best person, the best pathway for us to take, the best decision to make. Amen. He goes ahead of us. It says in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, Trust in the Lord and He will show you which path to follow. Let's go there. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. Amen. Very clearly the word of God is telling us to trust God and wait upon him. For he will show you which path to take. Don't lean on your understanding. And that is what the sister did. She's leaning on her own understanding. It's going to be a disaster. Amen. Because we're trying to do things on our own understanding. And the word of God clearly says, do not lean on your own understanding. Seek his will. Amen. As I shared this praise report about sister uh, Marie, as uh, she was getting evicted from her place, she called me and she asked me, what do I do, sister? Should I pack my luggage and move out? I don't know what to do. But I said, sister Marie, you're trusting God? Just wait. Wait on the Lord. And she did. She didn't pack her luggage. She just trusted God and waited on the Lord. And to our great surprise, God came through. The same people, the owner, allowed her to stay back. He didn't evict her. Why? Because she was trusting God. And I told her, you have to come to church. You have to worship Lord. You have to serve God every Sunday. Because that's the word of God. Exodus chapter 8 verse 20. And because she came and put her trust in God, with an action, God released the blessing. God answered the prayer. God came through. Amen. So that was a beautiful praise report that we received. Because God is a promise-keeping God. Amen. So he goes before us and makes the crooked path straight in our life. Amen. So he's calling us to trust him. Trust him and not to lean on our own understanding. Sometimes God allows problems to come in our life because he's trust testing our faith. He's testing us that will this person completely trust me or not. That's what happened with Abraham. God tested him and he called him to sacrifice his only son. After waiting for 100 years, he still was willing to sacrifice his son when God asked him. And God tested his faith. He didn't take his son. He got his son back. And he passed in the test of faith. Amen. Because of that today, Abraham and his generations are blessed because of Abraham's faithfulness and complete trust in God. Amen. So this sister trusted in God. And she put her trust in action. And she put her faith in action by coming to church. And God answered that prayer. God did a miracle. She didn't have to lose that house. Amen. So we have to put our trust in God. We have to put our faith in God. Even if the situation gets worse, we still have to trust completely on God. If you remember the story of Peter, he was walking on the water and Christ called him. As long as his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was able to walk on the waters. But as soon as the floods and the waves started beating him, he lost his focus on Jesus. He started looking at the waves and he started drowning. And that is what happens, church. When the waves of life come in with full force, instead of looking at Christ, we start looking at the waves around us. And that is when we, we lose our faith and trust in God. And that is why depression, anxiety takes over us. Amen. And it cripples 
not only our faith, but it cripples our health. Amen. It cripples our health. These sisters have told me, Sister Shiva, I couldn't get up from my bed. I was so depressed. I don't know what's going on with my health. I don't know what's going on with my body. I don't feel like getting up from the bed. I have so much of chores to do, so much of work still pending, and I'm piling up all the things. And I don't know what's going on with me. I say, sister, it's, this, it's the depression that you're going through. It's the anxiety that is going that you're going through because of which you're not eating well. You're not sleeping well. You have to get back into the Word. Spend more time in reading the Word. Because where does the faith come? Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Amen. So we have to build up our faith. Like Peter. By focusing on Jesus. On the waters. Amen. As long as you're focused on Jesus. You're going to make it to the promised land. Amen. So we have to strengthen our faith. Faith and obedience and action releases the blessings in our life. Amen. Faith without work, James is calling it as dead. We have faith in God, that there is a God, but we have to put our faith in action. What do you mean by action? You have to kneel down and start praying. You have to drive your car to come to the church. That is called action. Amen. You just don't sit in the house having faith in God. You have to put your faith in action as well. You'll find that in James chapter 2 and verses from 21 to 26. It says, don't you remember that our ancestors Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Amen? And so it happened, just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He even called him the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Amen? So it was not the faith alone. It was in action. That's what James is telling. James chapter 2, verses 21 to 26. is talking about the faith of Abraham and the action. What was the faith? He trusted God when God called him to lay his son on the altar. And the action was taking his son all the way to the altar and placing him on the altar. That is action. So faith, obedience and action released a powerful blessing in his life. And in fact, God called him his friend. Amen. So faith without action is dead, church. Amen. The sister, God answered her prayer because she trusted God. And secondly, she put it into action by coming. For the Sunday service. Amen. So when you put it into action. Miracles start taking place. A second good example is Noah. When God called him to build the ark. And God said I'm going to destroy the whole world. You Noah. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to save your whole family. But you have to build an ark. And people were laughing at Noah. When he was building the ark. People thought that he's gone crazy, he's lost his mind, what is wrong with Noah, he's building such a big ark, his family is all dumb. I mean, that's how people look at us when God is calling us to do something. When we put it in action, people around us will laugh at us. They will mock at us. But our focus should be on what God has called us to do. Amen. So Noah did not get distracted with all the mockery and, you know, people laughing at him that did not distract him from completing the construction of the ark. Amen. So he completed the ark and God fulfilled the promise that he gave to Noah. Just as God said, he sent the storm. He sent the flood and the whole world was submerged in the water. Only eight people were saved. Noah and his family. The whole world was destroyed. And Noah was saved because Noah had trust in God. Secondly, he obeyed God's commandment. 
When God told him to build the ark, he said, yes, Lord. He did not look at the people and the situation. He just said, yes, Lord, I will build the ark. Amen. And he put it in action by actually building the ark. And because of these three, God saved his life. Not only him, but the whole family and his generation was saved. And God blessed his life and his children's life. Amen. So it's not important that you have faith in God and you don't put it in action. You have to put it in action because faith without action is dead. Amen. We listen to the word of God and the word of God says, don't be doers of the word, but be, uh, don't be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. Hearing is good because faith comes by hearing, but you have to put it in action. Amen. When you put what the word of God is telling you to do in action, God is going to come through and fulfill all the promises in your life. Amen. And the second reason that the children of Israel didn't make it to the promised land is they were complaining. <coughs> Amen. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verses 34 to 36. It says, when the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. Except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him and his descendants some of the very land he explored during his counting mission. Amen. So God was displeased because we're complaining, complaining, complaining. Amen. That's why many Christians do. They keep complaining. God has promised me it's not happening. I don't know what's going on. Why is God doing this to me? This is so wrong. You know, God is this. We keep complaining and murmuring and murmuring. And that is what the Israelites did. They were complaining. They saw the miracle, the dividing of the Red Sea, the coming of manna from heaven. And still they kept grumbling at God. They still kept murmuring, complaining and crying, bickering about the things around them. Instead of humbling and glorifying God and thanking God, they were complaining. Amen. And it says in verse 34 that he displeased the Lord. And it says, when the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. Your complaining makes God angry, church. We have to be careful. We have to be very careful that when God blesses us, we don't forget his blessings. Amen. And we, we should be careful that we stop complaining. Amen. <coughs> we have to be careful because complaining will not help us. It displeases God. Amen. So they displeased God. That's the reason God said, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land. <clears throat> I swore to give your ancestors except Caleb and Joshua because they never complained. It was a 10 days journey turned out to be a 40 years of wilderness because of their complaining, because of their distrust in God, amen, and because of their not willing to humble, the rebellious and stubborn heart. They didn't make it to the promised land. So we have to be careful because this is written down for us. There's a reason why it's there in the Bible is because God is speaking to us. God doesn't want us to do the same mistakes that the children of Israel did. Amen. So they were complaining. It says in uh, James chapter 5 and verse 11, it talks about Job. Job lost everything. Amen. Job, he lost his children, he lost his family, he lost his livestock, he lost everything, including his health. He had so much of boils over his body that the dogs would come and lick his body. He was like living on the streets, like a homeless guy. He would use mud and stones to scratch his skin and the dogs would come and lick his body and still he would never complain and cry against God. He never cursed God. And the worst part was his own beloved wife came and told Job to curse God and die. Amen. 
and still he said, I will never curse God. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken. Let the name of the Lord be glorified. Amen. Even in the worst, the worst situation, condition that Job went through, he still said, I will not give up trusting God. Amen. And because of that, God was so pleased with Job that God blessed him with double portion of what he lost. He got back in double portion because he was willing to trust God even to the point of death. And that is the kind of attitude that God is looking at us because he wants to bless our lives, church. He has great plans for our lives. That's what the verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, that God has such great plans that no eyes have seen, no mind has imagined the plans that God has for those who love him. It is not for everybody. It is only for those who love him, those who completely trust him 100%. Amen. So Job, it says in James chapter 5, verse 11, we give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. Amen. So he's talking about the suffering of Job. He was enduring the suffering and he was trusting God. Amen. And because of that, he's in the Bible and he's there for a reason. Amen. So we have to be careful that we don't complain. Complaining and refusing to obey God let, did not help them. Amen. They were complaining. They're constantly complaining and they were refusing to obey God. Amen. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. It says, But you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused to go in. You complained in your tents and said, The Lord must hate us. That is why he brought us here from Egypt to us, to hand us over the Amorites to be slaughtered. Amen. So they were complaining, complaining and they were rebelling. They were not only complaining, but secondly they were rebelling to obey the commandments of God. And that is what many Christians do. We complain and we refuse to obey God. Amen. And because of that we lose blessings and the plans and the purposes that God has for us. Amen. So the third thing, the Israelites... Why the Israelites didn't make it to the promised land is they refused to wait on God and in his instructions because of their disbelief. Hence, they lost the battles. They were losing the battles left and right because they were not willing to wait on God and to wait on his instructions. Amen. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verses from 42 to 45. It says, But the Lord told me to tell you, Do not attack, for I am not with you. If you go ahead on your own, you will be crushed by your enemies. This is what I told you, but you would not listen. Instead, you, uh, you again rebelled against the Lord's command and arrogantly went into the hill country to fight. But the Amorites who lived there came out against you with a swarm of bees they chased and battered you all the way from Seir to Hormah. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but you refused to listen. So they lost the battle. The Israelites lost the battle because they were not willing to wait on God and they refused to listen to his commandments. So they went ahead, they fought the battle, but they lost it. God clearly said, I'm not with you guys. I am not with you because if you're not, if God is not with us, we are never going to win any battle in our life, church. We have to understand that. We have to allow God to fight our battles. Because Exodus chapter 14 verse 14 says, The battle is not yours. The battle is mine. Is what the Lord says. Our job is to trust God. Our job is to be still in God. Amen. And He is going to fight our battles. Amen. So they refused to listen to God. They refused to wait on Him. And eventually they lost the battle. And Christians, many Christians, they do that. Amen. They think that God is with them. And they go ahead and do things without God's instructions, without God's uh, 
humbling before God. Without God in their life, they go and fight battles. Amen. There are some Christians who run from church to church thinking that God is with them and God is pleased with that. I'm sorry to say, brothers and sisters, that God doesn't work like that. Amen. Don't get me wrong. God is everywhere. In every church, God is there. Amen. But there's certain particular church that God, a particular place that God has assigned for us. For me, I had been to many churches, but for me, it was the house of God under the leadership of Pastor Nunes. It might, for you, it might be somewhere else. Amen. But if we keep running from church to church, church to church, every Sunday here and there, our roots will never grow down in the Lord. And that is why we lose our battles. I remember the sister was coming to our church and uh, she, her, sister, her daughter was caught uh, by the police uh, in a drug case and she has asked us to pray and God was working in her daughter's life and the situation was turning in favor of her. But the sister was running from church to church. She was going to three different churches and there was no change in her situation. So Pastor Jose had to sit down with her and had a one-on-one -on -one with her and told her, this is what the Lord is telling you, sister. You have to get grounded in one church. Your roots have to go down. I mean, God has started to do something in your daughter's life. I see a change in her life. I see a change in her situation, in her court. Amen, in a court battle. So don't be running from place to place because God doesn't work like that. Because the word says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, God who began a good work will continue until it is finished. Amen. So God began a good work in your daughter's life. Allow God to finish what he has started. Amen. And that is possible if you start running from one church to another church to another church. Amen. It's not going to work like that. And that sister... Uh, didn't agree to that and eventually the daughter lost the battle and she's back in the prison amen and there's one more example of the sister she was coming to our church uh, she was caught in drug possession and she had to do a jail time she came to the church and God gave a word through my pastor to continue walking with God and God was going to work in your court situation and she faithfully kept coming to the church she was coming for the Thursday service. She was coming for the Sunday service. And there was a transformation that God was doing in her life. And eventually down the line, she was so surprised that the judge came in favor of her. And she was bailed out. She didn't have to serve the jail time. She came and testified in the church. God did a great miracle for me. Amen. I don't have to serve the jail time. So she glorified God. Amen. You have to stick on to one church. We cannot be running from church to church for God to work in our life, church. You have to stick on to one place where God has called you. Amen. Because we have to allow God to transform us. We have to allow God to change our situation around us. We have to allow our roots to grow down in God. When our roots go down in God, only then our faith and our trust and belief in God will be strong. If your roots are not strong, your faith is never strong. If your faith is never strong, you can never win the battle of life. Amen. It says in Colossians chapter 2 and verses from 6 to 7, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into Him and let your lives be built on Him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Amen. So there has to be a thankfulness overflowing in your life and that is possible when you allow your roots to go deep down. It's like a plant. Amen. It's a baby plant. You, you, you uh, dig it and put it in a ground. And as the roots are growing, you just pluck it out and take it and put it in a different ground. And it's still trying to grow roots and immediately you pluck it out and try to put it in a different ground. So because you're moving from ground to ground to ground, the roots will never grow. And eventually the tree, the plant will die. Amen. It's the same with our life. Church is a ground. 
where we have to put our roots down and allow the roots to grow. But if you're moving from church to church to church, you're moving the plant from different, different grounds and eventually the roots will die. Amen. So we have to be careful where God has placed us. We have to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, show us the right church. I've gone to three different churches, but you show me which church to put my grounds in. And God will lead you to exactly the right church. And when God leads you to the church, you will find a peace. Amen. You will find a transformation in your life. Amen. You will see a transformation in your children's life. Amen. You will see a transformation in your situations. Miracles, healing, transformation start taking place. And that is the sign that you're in the right church. Amen. So you have to allow your roots to go deep down. If your roots are not down, grow, not deep, your faith has no chance to stand against the trials of life. Amen. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, we can achieve victory through faith. Amen. We can achieve victory in our life. Every situation, every battles in our life, we can easily win only through faith. Without faith, you cannot be victorious in your life, period. Amen. You may try to manipulate the word of God as in how you like, but the word of God is straightforward. Every word of Jesus is straightforward. He's clearly saying without faith, first of all, you cannot please God. Second of all, you can never win any victory in your life without faith in God. Amen. And the last scripture I'm going to share before I close is from Psalms chapter 84 verse 11. It says, No good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. Amen. So no good thing will be withheld for only to those who walk uprightly. What do you mean by walking uprightly? Walking with God. Having a right standing before God. Amen. You need to have a right standing when you're walking right with God. Putting your trust in God. Amen. Faithfully walking with Him. And you are constantly walking with Him. That is called an upright walk. And no good thing will be withheld from those who walk uprightly. Amen. So that's the message that I wanted to share with you. Because many of us, many of my sisters are struggling with disbelief because I received so many calls this week and this was the message that the Lord wanted to share with you guys is the sin of unbelief, distrust in God cripples our faith, cripples our health and eventually we don't make it to the promised land. Amen. So God has great plans for each one of us church and God wants to fulfill all the promises that he has for our lives but make sure that you put your complete trust in God, not in a man but in God. Amen. So that's the message.